doing podcast for all i'm shane obershaw and i'm jeff winslow usually i tell people jeff obviously we're in season two and i usually tell them what episode but i'm going to call this two point esg esg what does that stand for two dot extra special guest oh i like that that works for me season one brought us our first special guest in our history obviously mr edwin altwater conductor musical genius from snm2 man what a conversation that was he had some really great stories about snm not gonna lie i've listened to that a couple times myself yeah that one got played for sure and then season two comes around we've had some amazing guests to kick this off remember andy castle the big cowboys fan yes i do justin hunt aerosmith tribute band bass player yep the bass player Brendan Kirby, Mr. Perfect Hair TV personality from Providence. Oh, yeah, the guy that could speak better than me. I'm still jealous about that. I think he spoke better than both of us combined. Yeah, TV will do that to you. Then we take a uh, chartered private golf stream from Providence all the way to Napa Valley and go to the winery. Yeah, with Mr. Jeff. That's why you like that. His name's Jeff. Yeah, we had the same name, and we both like wine. Worked out perfect. And you both like St. Anger. We both like St. Anger, absolutely. The Gunlock Bunshu Winery. Then we go back to the East Coast to talk with Sarah and Pete. That was that was pretty cool. Laid-back conversation. Pete, Pete appeared out of nowhere. I love that one. Yeah, that was a great episode. Definitely one of the most unique episodes to date. Uh, I absolutely had a blast doing that one. The feedback we're getting via email, by the way, you can reach us and podcast for all at gmail.com. Find us on the good old Facebook and the, what's the that in- thing you called? The Instagram. The World Wide Web. Oh yeah, the World Wide Web. But don't forget to check us out on Instagram as well. Use your dial up. Find us on Instagram. That's our main go-to, I'd say. The gram. The iGram. I'm having fun so far. The feedback we've been getting, like I said, email, Instagram, followers, likes, comments, all our guests, all the fans that have been on, it's it's, it's been, been overwhelming to me. Yeah, it's been fun. You know, hearing the the positive feedback is always nice to hear, but hearing some of the uh, the hate train mail that we've been getting, that's been fun. And, you know, it does not bother me one bit. I, I encourage it. It's It's enjoyable for us. I love hearing the hate train come down the tracks. I love the song Hate Train. That's and good at the end, And at the end of most hate train messages, there's some pretty good positive feedback with Hart saying, keep up the good work, boys. Saying that there is a light at the end of that tunnel. Oh, wait. I've heard that before. A couple times. We are going to talk to a, get this, a painter, a dancer, a designer, a singer, and a mother of one heck of a rock and roll family. Sounds like she's a jack of all trades. Dude, check this out. Her son 
was touring with Corn at the age of 12. What were you doing at the age of 12? Ooh, at the age of 12, I was, I think we talked about this. I think I was drinking wine. That's a good point. That was the <laughs> Jeff Bunchu episode. You were drinking at the age of 11 or 12, and I think you said you drank an entire bottle. I'm surprised you're still here to talk about it. Yeah, something like that. It, my memory is a little fuzzy. And her husband has played in, a, I would say, a few well-known, some bands you've probably heard of. Yeah, I think he uh, slapped the bass, man. Slapping the bass in Suicidal Tendencies, Infectious Grooves, a little underground guy named Ozzy. Never heard of him. I think, oh wait, no, I did. I think Post Malone discovered him, right? Yeah, oh, I, be- I believe so. That song just came out last year. Yeah, yeah, yep. And her husband also plays in uh, a four-piece band from the Bay Area called Metallica. Now I know who you're talking about. So by the time you get the painting, designing, singing, dancer, mother of an incredible family in the Los Angeles area, let's just cut all this out and just let's get right to it. Let's do it, man. All the way from Los Angeles, California, we bring you Mrs. Chloe Trujillo. How are you doing, Chloe? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. We know you're busy from uh, from what we see on your socials. You're either yeah. singing or dancing or painting. It sounds like it's a nonstop 24-7 household there. Yeah, it's it's been busy. I've been just trying to get... Um, I've had like two musical projects going on for the past couple of years. Uh, and uh, and just we were just hitting the finish line. And then this whole thing got shut down because of the virus. And then so I had to order gear for myself here to be able to finish recording some vocals. And and now I, I uh, completely learned how to use uh, some... I mean, I'm, I'm using um, uh, Logic Pro, but uh, and some of my guys are using Pro Tools, so we've been like scrambling around. But now I'm, I'm, you know, at least I learned how to use all the software, and and uh, and uh, yeah, and we are getting, uh, we're approaching the the final final steps here regarding the music. I've been painting a lot, um, and uh, I've been like, it's been crazy busy. Very cool. I'm aware of your your record that came out in 2016. Is it going to be similar to that? Do we have a release date for it? Completely. Well, uh, uh, we're hoping, because I was hoping to have released it during the summer, but we've encountered, or I've encountered, um, uh, some issues. Uh, I'm not going to go into details, but uh, sure. But so uh, we're hoping to release like the first single in November. So fingers crossed that everything if everything goes well and then like the the rest of the songs like like little by little but um throughout next year uh, and everything from the one project um i have about eight songs and these should be all released by april of next year nice and yeah and the second project we're still in discussion uh just um it's a drummer problem <laughs> Well, I'm the drummer in our, I'm the drummer in our band, so I totally understand. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, it's so so, but uh, yeah, so the other project is moving along too, but you know, we um, we got to get the drums right, and uh, and then that'll be also probably next year. You know, I don't know how what's the plan. We don't have a, a specific plan for that one because we're still you know, having to do drums. And, and then I, uh, I'm going to do the final vocals 
um, which I already did, but then I have to redo them because I feel like once, you know, once you have like new drums, it's going to create, you know, it's sometimes it changes sure. the vibe a little bit. So, yeah. Sure. So anyway, so everything is coming along, you know, it's just, uh, I wish it, it could go faster, but some of the things don't depend just on me. Um, so sometimes I felt like frustrated because I wrote a whole bunch of new other songs since this lockdown. I was like, and so I'm just ready to to do these as well. And I'm just holding back so I can finish what started and move on. So, yeah. I read somewhere, it might have been on one of your posts, that even while you're painting, if an idea comes to you, you go right to recording it so you don't lose it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, you know, now with technology, I just use my phone. And uh, sure. I have my phone nearby, and I just, like, I, I won't stop painting. I'll just, like, you know, just sing to to the voice memo or whatever it's called, the recording uh, thing. And, uh, and so that way it's, you know, I have it. And and I can free my mind and continue painting, um, and then I'll get back to yeah, and then I get back to it later and kind of work on the idea more and more. Absolutely, Jeff. Do you use your iPhone when you have riff ideas or some lyrics that are off the top of your head? Yeah, I'll use my notes for lyrics and then um, try and write like the voice notes it. app. Uh, no, I actually, I just, I usually just pull up literally like the notes app and then I'll type it down, whatever I'm thinking. And then I'll work on it later when I have my guitar nearby and then, you know, use it in logic. Uh, do you prefer using logic or pro tools for your stuff? I'm used to logic now because I have, you know, I'm not going to make a, a commercial for Apple, but that's what I have as a as a laptop, you know, and so I love logic and, and I got so used to it, um, that I can, I can, you know, I, obviously it's very similar, all these programs. Uh, so I could use pro tools, but I'm just used to logic. Um, you know, since I really started working on, on, on logic since, especially since the lockdown, because before I used to go to a studio and the guy would record me and, he had Pro Tools, but he was doing the the, the thing, and I just was recording um, ideas and playing and singing and all that. So now it's it's uh, it feels great because I feel more independent, like independent of, of yeah. laying my ideas as fast. I'm not, I don't mix, you know, and I don't uh, master and all that. But at least I can get my ideas as close as possible to like what would be like the final a final track yeah yeah and and so it's great it's great with technology nowadays they make it so user-friendly that you can literally sit at your desk at your house with your laptop or yeah. your desktop and just record away and it sounds amazing yeah that's that's exactly what i've been doing so it's cool very cool Chloe, anytime you need the troubleshoot you have two uh well-known bass players in the house are they kind of your engineer uh, my son is really good. Like my, 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 uh, husband's is not nowhere near anything technology. You know, he's like, he's a great player, <laughs> but, uh, the technologies in Ty's world, huh? I still, yeah. Like he, I still have to open certain attachment in emails for him because he can't figure it out. Things like that. <laughs> That's how I, I kind of feel that way too. I feel technology <laughs> challenged. Yeah. yeah I, I, you know, but. Um, 
but Ty is really good. Ty is actually learning to mix and he's writing every day. I mean, they're doing school online right now, uh, but um, during the day, but he's, yeah, he's been writing and, and recording and, and he's actually learning to mix as well. So he's, he's far ahead of me. Good for um, him. So yeah. you, you think he's in his room doing schoolwork or is he actually playing the bass? No, he's doing schoolwork. I hear, I could, I could hear him. I'm, <laughs> I'm like in my, in my studio space right now, but, but you know, he's, he's not too far. Got to make sure they're staying on their iPads. That's yeah. what my daughters have to do as well. They have to do their schooling at home and yeah, it's, I, who would have thought? Yeah, I know. It's, uh, I mean, they're used to it now. And, and, you know, Ty just turned 16 and, and Lula just turned 14. And um, I think it's much easier. They understand what's going on. Uh, I couldn't even imagine when they were younger to be forced to be on a computer like that. All right. day. And I just, I don't know. It's hard. It's hard. It's so, definitely hard with the younger kids, for sure. Yeah. My kids are younger and, you know, trying to get, you know, a fourth grader and a first grader to, yeah. you know, it's, it's tough. Oh, I hear you. I'm sure. Their, their attention spans about, you know, yeah, that big. Sure. <laughs> well, Ty, Ty had to take his laptop outside to do his uh, work because he says in his room, it's not possible because he's too distracted. There's guitars. Yep. <laughs> he's like, there's my bass guitar right here. I can't, you know, how am I going to sit there? Cause, cause you know, he's like, he's just attracted to any instrument. It's, it's, I felt the same way in high school. I, I tried to do homework in my room when my guitars are around. I was like, okay, I, I'm finding myself, you know, being drawn to my instrument. Yeah, yeah. It's it's hard. I, I know. I remember uh, when we switched school for the kids, it was about four years ago. And uh, we I had to meet and the, the principal wanted to meet my kids and me. And in his office, there was like a stand-up bass like in the corner and during the whole meeting Ty was staring at it and then I finally had to ask the principal excuse me is it okay if my son plays with your (laughs) instrument and actually he loved it Uh, like the principal was like yeah sure go ahead and then Ty was like ripping is like and the guy was like whoa (laughs) that's when he asked the principal have you ever heard of the band named corn Yeah, well, actually, that was before he joined. That was like, yeah, I mean, he was 12 when he did Corn. That was the year he did that tour with Corn. And mm-hmm. the whole school, like, you know, Ty was on tour and, and he had like some Skype sessions or, um, you know, with with his classmates and they all sent him good wishes and they Very sent cool. us pictures. Yeah, pictures. And yeah, so that was that year. Yeah. So it was longer than that because he's 16 now. He was 12 then. Hell of a way to spend your life at 12 years old. Yeah, it's crazy. Incredible. We're an all Metallica podcast, Chloe, where fans come on and tell their story. But today we're not talking about that. We want to talk about ChloeTrujillo.com. Yeah. I mean, we're talking everything from streetwear, sportswear, swimwear, geez, sunglasses, totes, clothes, yeah. bags, pouches. Is there anything that you don't make or paint or design? <laughs> I don't know. Um you know, I, I, it's funny because, you know, since a very young age, I was, I would always paint like on my desk, uh, mm-hmm. on the wall, the walls of my bedroom or whatever. So it was always something that, I, you know, always done. So I can't even say 
but there's something I don't make. <laughs> Even when I, I lived in New York for two years and, um, and uh, I would pick up furniture, you know, people move all the time and they threw nice furniture in the street. And I would sure. pick up furniture in the street. Like I would call my friend. I'm like, I'm at the corner of like Fifth Avenue and, and 23rd Street. Can you come help me pick up this like nice table? And so I would like, <laughs> you know, a friend would come and we'd take the, the, you know, ride in the subway with the table, whatever, up to my apartment. And then I would like send down the whatever I found and then I would paint it and make it mine. And so I was just like. So all my furniture kind of match. It was like random stuff from the streets, but very cool. <laughs> but you transformed that. it, and made it your own. Exactly. Very cool. Jeff, can you drag a recliner down the New York subway and up to your fortieth floor? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got your workout in doing that, Chloe. Yeah. Well, you know, I was uh, a lot younger, young and fresh. I had like muscles and <laughs> the will you know i was like it's the excitement it's like treasures in the street i was like oh my god this table's so cool let's grab it it's the the search and the challenge and um just the <laughs> yeah. mission right yeah totally i love how your greeting cards are named after jeff's favorite metallica solo dyer's eve oh yeah it is my favorite kirk solo well do you, you know the story behind that painting was uh, I did an art show. Um, uh, it, it's a it's a gallery called Ex Exhibit A Gallery. Uh, I don't even know if they're around still because uh, everything with the pandemic, everything kind of shut down. Mm -hmm. uh, but it was years ago and uh, they reached out to me, of course, because they were putting together a show with different artists and the theme was pick a Metallica song and and do a painting from you know, inspired by it. Very and, cool. And so I picked Dyer's Eve. <laughs> Is that one of your favorite songs? Or you just like the title? Yeah. No, it was one of my favorite songs. And, and but my first choice was Leper Messiah. Nice. Uh, and, uh, but it was already taken. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, next, next one was Dyer's Eve. So, and that wasn't taken. So I. Not a bad choice. <laughs> yeah. While we're on the topic, Chloe, I didn't even think we were going to go here. When we're talking to our fans, we have this thing called the I Disappear Desert. Uh -huh. if, you were, if you were stranded in a desert for a long time, what would be your top five Metallica songs? Oh, my God. Uh, Just five. I don't, I, don't, I don't even know because <laughs> because now the, the, I really like the new stuff, too. It's really hard. Uh, you, would, you would have asked me that before uh, Death Magnetic, like that before that era. Mm -hmm. I, uh, it would have been easier. I mean, I really like the very early stuff. I like the, the Kill 'em All album a lot. I don't know. There's, and also because it brings me, uh, memories. I think with everybody, it's just like music brings you memories. And I, I was, I was actually in a camp in New York. I was very young. I was, you know, and it had just came out like the year prior or something. And I was always into metal stuff. Um, and I remember I was in a camp in New York State. My parents were fashion designers and they sent me and my sister to this camp in New York State because they had business to do. So it was the first, like, we barely spoke English. I was, it's funny because I was talking about that um, yesterday with Robert because we were listening to uh, the Beastie Boys, License to Heal. Oh, one of my favorites. Yeah. And, and I said, oh, I made a friend. 
her name was Rhonda. She was from, from Brooklyn and she taught me English through License to Heal. And I knew all the lyrics, even though I didn't speak wow. hardly any English. But I was listening. I had my little Walkman. I was listening to metal all the time. And there was a guy driving a tractor on the land and he was a big metal head. And uh, he was working for the camp, whatever. He was like, you know, kind of repairing stuff. I don't know. You know, I was, I was young. So I, you know, and then he's the one that introduced me to Metallica. He's okay. like, have you heard this bit? And, and he gave me like a little cassette of Kill Em All. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> Yeah, but that got me into a hole because then I went extreme. Like I I was like a big fan. I'm still a big fan of like 90s, like death metal, late 80s death metal. I was into like I went into grindcore and all that stuff. Oh, that's Um, awesome. So, yeah, like like seriously, I I was just, you know, I I was in Paris and I was always in the scene. I've seen so many bands play. I mean, thrash, death, all that. So was some of your first English fight for your right or brass monkey? <laughs> Paul Revere, actually. There you go. Now, here's a little story I got to tell about three bad brothers you know so well. It started way back in history with that Rob and me. My team. had a little horsey named Paul Revere. That's right. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's it's uh, funny. And she would, my, you know, my friend, I, I remember her name, Rhonda. So it's. You ever listen to this Rhonda Stallings? I remember you. Uh, <laughs> oh, she's listening. Uh, I hope I, that would be fun to reconnect. But uh, she would la- laugh at my French accent, like you know, rapping and. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so so we talked about this whole era. It was it was um, it was great. But so that's why I feel like like this uh, first Metallica record really brings back those memories that were re- you know it was like you know, different country and, and, uh, uh, really getting along with like, you know, a different culture. And, and so it's, it's hard for me to pick five songs. So I mean, I, I always like seek and destroy. Like I know they, they play it all the time and, and I should, you know, cause I've seen so many shows now that I, I could say like, Oh, I'm sick of it, but I, I never get sick of this song. It's like it makes me want to hang jump. that one up. Yeah. It me, you know, uh, makes me want to jump in the mosh pit when I hear that song, you know, it's just, it's, it's, uh, you know. All right. We'll put, we'll put you down for leopard dyers, four horsemen, hit the lights and seek. Okay. <laughs> Does that work for you? That I love the four horsemen. Yeah, absolutely. There you go. As long as it's off kill them all, we're good to go. <laughs> yeah. I mean the new stuff, there's some amazing songs too. So it, that's why I feel like it's hard to pick, you know, I just, you know, and then my kids, especially Ty, but both kids have been getting into Sand Anger, Anger lately. And they're like playing that album again. And yes, Robert stripping out is like, whoa, you know that album better than I do now. It's just <laughs> <laughs> it's like, like some obscure song that they never played live. And, and Jeff, you have to tell Chloe about Saint Anger. Funny thing is, Chloe, in my top 
list for favorite Metallica album, St. Anger is actually my second favorite Metallica record ever. All right. I there's and it's the same thing you know like what you were explaining with kill them all and just like the time period and it brings yeah. you back to a, a certain you know that's how I feel about St. Anger there was just a certain time in my life that I just you know it brings back great memories and I associate it with that album and yeah yeah I absolutely love it I love how yeah. unique it sounds to this day there is no record on the planet that sounds like that album yeah it's true Well, you're talking about death metal and thrash metal in the 90s. What other stuff were you into at the time or still are still into? You mean music wise? Yeah. Any 90s when you're talking death metal. I mean, yeah, I was I was like really like see I'm wearing carcass shirt. Oh, Pizzle would love that. Our bass player would love that. He's huge in the 90s death metal. Uh, I just like I went to all the shows. I mean, I was like a big metal head, but I always listened to uh I was a dancer too, and so I always listened to also old school hip hop and rap uh, music. But the death, nothing. Yeah, I mean, I'm, might be a little hard to dance to Cannibal Corpse. I just <laughs> it. I don't know if you know. Whenever if I'm feeling down, I'm putting like death, and and I just like feel this like revitalized. I love. Oh my god, just. Interesting you say that because when I listen to your your 2016 record, it's it's new age and the total opposite of that. Yeah, it's it's weird. I mean, the the new music that's coming out, it's not death metal. I I want to be a like I want to sing in a death metal band. <laughs> I don't know if my voice will uh, <laughs> like that, but I've always I I I you know, or if I could get into a band that has like death metal riffs and I just sing with my voice, I just I don't know one day, but um uh. Yeah, I know because we. I worked with a guy that had, um, you know, I never plan. It's kind of like when I paint, I never plan what's gonna be painted, sure. um, and uh, and so same with the music. And and at that time, I worked with a guy that was a instrument collector, and he has all these obscure uh, uh, instruments in his house. And his studio, his house was a studio, and and we were like trying all kinds of stuff. I was like, oh, let's do this. Let's do this. So it took a totally different road. Like when I when I brought my my ideas to him, it was like mostly like, you know, guitar, uh, regular drums and and bass and voice. And then all of a sudden you get some oud in there, and all of a sudden you get different percussions in there. Uh, uh, you get dilruba, all these all these you know instruments. And so you know, we just just made it. Um, with you know fun, like as fun as as it's always cool when you can blend a bunch of different things together and create yeah. one just big massive sound of you know musical yeah. genius no it it was it was fun but uh now the project so the the two project one is like mostly rock rock you know and when i say rock it's like yeah it's got like the electric guitar the bass the the drums which we're still working on as i said earlier those damn drummers um and uh and the uh the other one that's going to come out like probably the first song will come out in november um i work with a guy that used to work for death row records so he's a you know he added some cool beats 
And I wrote a lot of spoken words. I'm not calling it, it's not rapping because it's like more laid back, you know, spoken words. Um, but so we did a mix of like, I brought in my, my metal background and he brought in his rap background and then we just kind of created a, a mix of, of that. So, um, yeah, I'm excited. Very cool. Looking forward to it. Yeah. From death row records. That's awesome. <laughs> it's crazy. He has some crazy stories, but yeah. I could imagine that was <laughs> the nineties and you know, yeah. that whole era. That was, that was so cool. Yeah. What do you prefer, Chloe, if you were to pick painting or, or the music? You know, it's so hard because for me, they go hand in hand. Um, I, yeah, I start, I, I always like music was always part of my life, whether listening to music or, or playing music. My grandfather was an opera singer and he lived with us because my parents were working late hours. Sometimes, you know, it was fashion week or whatever. If they had clients coming in and they were jet lagged, they would just, you know, and was so, that New York or France? That was Paris. Okay. Um, and, uh, and so my mom had her parents come and watch us as kids, uh, cause they were retired and my grandfather was, uh, opera singer and it would like annoy me in the beginning, like, cause he was always singing. And then I was like, I like singing actually, you know, and, and, um, and so it was always, it was always there. My my dad also, you know, for fashion shows, he used to always grab, I mean, he's the one that introduced, no matter what he wants to say, but he's the one that introduced me to Iron Maiden, to ACDC, to all these bands, uh, Jimi Hendrix and all that. Uh, all the essentials. Yeah, because when I went like really brutal and he was like, um, why don't you lay down and listen to Jimi Hendrix? <laughs> 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 Stop, you know. He's like, stop. And I, we laugh with this with, with Robert now because he's like, stop listening to suicidal tendance, you know, because <laughs> he's speaking French. And I was like, suicidal tendencies. And it's like, you know, he was uh, afraid of my well-being because now it's just right. like, and I'm like, actually, suicidal is pretty funky. And, and you know, <laughs> it's not it's not like, but, you know, he didn't know any of the names, you know, whether it's ob obituary or whatever, like, you know. Sure. You know, the name of these bands, but um, you know. Anyway, Does your husband speak pretty good French. No, sorry, Robert, if you hear this, but no, I mean, he's every year, every New Year's uh, uh, resolution for him has been learning French and uh, one new word so, per year. <laughs> so far, <laughs> one word at a time. I know. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Well, he says he can, he can say like the basic, like, hi, how are you? And, and that's it. But, you know, when he's in Paris, he has you as a translator and a tour guide. Yeah. I mean, you know, he's, he knows Paris pretty well now, but, uh, yeah, I'm the translator. I wish I didn't have to be the translator. I wish you could like step up. That's what, that's what smartphones are for nowadays. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's true. Was it Google translate? Yeah. You speak into but, it and it does it for you. But it's it's weird sometimes. It's not really. I can tell when somebody uses Google Translate. Oh, it's not 100% accurate? No. And it uses weird words that we would not, you know, the, the, the language change, you know, there's a lot of street language that we use, uh, I mean, on, especially in French. Um, and uh, and it would be like weird. 
you know, it's like that would explain why people were looking at us weird when we were in Italy last year. Oh yeah. Google Translate wasn't uh it wasn't hundred percent accurate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It the people of Milan were going, You fakers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Chloe, tell us about um painted at home versus painting live at some of your shows. What what changes with the, the type of setting you're painting in? Uh well painting live uh I, I did a. It's funny. I did a virtual life painting here during this this pandemic. Uh, I was invited by uh, uh, another artist called Drew, and he uh, drew Brophy, and and he invited me to do this life painting. So he, uh, you know, I had to set up like my laptop in one spot, one angle, my phone on the other, so people could see. Like one thing was towards my canvas, and one thing, you know, but it's not the same and. And there's everybody on Zoom and you see like little windows of people watching and, and, and speaking. It's different. But um, at home, I'm, I'm more like in a quiet environment and I let things like, you know, it's just ideas. It's almost like channeling ideas and just just bringing them to life on the canvas. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when I paint live, live in front of people, I always I have a similar process, but because there's an audience I try to interact and then people ask me questions, of course. So it's kind of a different thing and it's immediate feedback too, from somebody else's point of view, you know? Um, and I like both. Just like playing live. Yeah. Yeah. And I like both. I mean, I hope that, you know, things are going to start opening up and, and, uh, we can do live stuff again. Uh, but I like both. I like both. I like to be in my zone, but sometimes it gets very lonely, you know? It's just like, oh, I'm painting, I'm painting. And I, I, I'm not never bored. I'm not saying it in a bad way, but I'm just right. saying, like, it's good to have, you know, you just feel like you're working, you're working, and then nobody is there and, you know. Yeah, so, that's, that social interaction is yeah, it's important. Yeah. So when you're doing a live show, you're talking with people as it's going on. It's not some quiet setting. Yeah, I do. I, you know, there's moments where I'm more quiet, but I like to interact with people and people want to, you know, I always encourage if they have uh, questions or, or, cause so, I don't know what they could, you know, ask them. So like, you know, I, I figure I've been doing this for so long that, uh, it, everything comes natural to me, but sometimes they have questions of like the simplest things that I feel like, oh, it's, you know, to me, it's, it's just, you know, do you think that maybe having people around brings different inspiration into what you're painting as well? Probably, you know, you get it. I think you get influenced by your environment, mm-hmm. no matter what. So I'm sure that uh, it affects me in some way right? Uh, to have people like directly present in the room as I'm painting. So when you're coming up with new streetwear or, you know, sportswear or totes, Mm-hmm. You obviously have the product and you always have some paintings from before that you apply to those or do you sit down sometimes in your studio and go okay today i need to paint a deluxe handbag here's what i'm going no, for no i uh I, I use the paint so when i finish a painting uh i get it photographed in super so digitalized in super high resolution okay and so it's a different process when i create like yeah like a bag and i want a design on it i don't I actually look through my files of paintings and I will pick different elements. So I do a new composition with different elements from different paintings. Um, And that's how I do it. 
but you know uh i'm not you know i'm i'm still kind of playing with the idea of like doing something specifically for a design i haven't done it yet um because i've had i have a library of paintings available and and all that so um because that would take a longer process you know to just like okay i gotta finish this painting right and then i can make that bag with that painting um but yeah so when it comes to like uh like rob's bases do you does he bring them to you with like an idea or do you just get is it just like all right, here, go ahead. And just whatever you do is awesome. Well, the first one I did, I was actually, we were in Paris uh, and we were actually renting an apartment for three months there because the band was on tour in Europe. And uh, it was kind of in the neighborhood I grew up in. Um, and we had the, the kids were very little. I think we, I think maybe Lula was one. I don't even know if she was one yet. Like St. Anger tour? Yeah, I think so, that era. And he gave me, he had this blank base. That's the first base I, I painted for him, which I didn't paint. I actually wood burn. But it was like a blank wood, and he gave it to me. And it was just do whatever you want with it. Like, can you do some art? And and that's, um, and my dad, in his cellar, I had some old art stuff that I had left before I moved to the U.S., and I, I was digging through it and obviously the paints, the, I had no paints there because those years. So it just, but I was, and then I found my old pyrography kind of tools and I was like, oh, that could be cool. It's wood and let's try that. And that, that was the first Aztec base. That's like, it, that's just like the, the idea was like, oh, I should do that because Robert is heritage and all this. So kind of goes hand in hand. Yeah. And then when I finished it, he's like, well, I'm going to give you another one to do. Can you do the same thing? I mean, it's never ex- exactly the same because it's it's handmade and, and I don't like to replicate exactly. So I did like a, a bunch of them in that theme for him, um, like Dias de los Muertos. And I did like a kind of an Aztec warrior thing and, and like I did different thing from that. So he never told me um, specifically what he wanted, but he That's just, awesome. yeah. He just gave it to me and they're like, go ahead. I have to tell you right now, Chloe, my favorite bases are the Aztec and the flamethrower. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. That Aztec is, is beautiful. I was actually hanging out with Zach Harmon on the stadium tour in 2017. Uh-huh. We're by the vault of bases and he says, pick a base. You can put one on and we'll take a picture. And I said, I got to do the Aztec because it's always been my favorite. It's a beautiful base. Thank you. It's funny because now it became his kind of like base that, you know. Oh, so well known. Anytime you see an image, even without your husband, just the guitar itself. I mean, where it's been on display in pictures, it's beautiful. That and the, uh, I think the one he refers to, the Day of the Dead on the Fender Telly. Yeah. Love that painting. Thank you. What about the surfboards? The surfboard, I I started painting because... uh, you know, Robert is a surfer and he has so many surfboards laying around and some of them he didn't use anymore. So I started painting on those. Makes and, for a good canvas. Yeah. And and uh, and it's good too because it kind of recycles, gives a new life to surfboards that are not used anymore. So I like that idea too. And then from there, I, I had like uh, for a moment, a few years ago, I had people bringing me old surfboards and I'm like, okay, I'll paint them. Cool. <laughs> um 
yeah so so that's fun and then and then people use it you know you can surf in the water with them because they're you know they're coated and all that after i paint them but people don't want to surf them they uh they hang them on the they want to display it as an art piece yeah. i was just gonna say i live in florida i think the salt water would eat away at it i'd like to put it out by my pool and my lanai yeah i like but the tiki guy one okay cool Unfortunately, I'm in Minnesota, so I can't surf. No, <laughs> no surfing. Jeff's getting ready to shovel the driveway. Yeah, we're getting ready to, That's crazy. to get the yeah. snowblower out. Your inspiration's incredible, whether it's your painting, your music. You're just what you've told us in 40 minutes of your wide variety of music that covers <laughs> the globe. I'm definitely a little taken back by the death metal. I didn't expect that, but that's awesome. I like it. I know. I, I just. I. You know, I know more metal than my husband does. I mean, it's funny. <laughs> no, he, he would complain every time, you know, even before we had kids. And I would be in the car and I'd put, like, cannibal corpse. And it's like, oh, ça va, ça va. That's the French word, you know, ça va, ça va. Yeah. Uh, what's up with those voices? And now he's like, he loves cannibal corpse, you know. Uh, I think they even did a duet uh, um, with Kirk. On the Cannibal Corpse song, I, I believe I, I forgot. Yes, they did. Yeah, yes. and because uh, that you know, because I never follow all the duets they did, but I, I feel like I heard something with Cannibal Corpse, and and now he's he loves death too. He just never really. Oh, how can you not love Chuck Schuldiner? I, mean, I know he's really. the godfather of death metal. Yeah, he, I mean, he's this, so good. Yeah, and and now my kids are big fans, both of them, and they ask me like. You you saw them live? I'm like, yes, I saw them live a few times. Oh, they, mom, uh, we're so jealous. <laughs> and I, I have a lot of my old uh, uh, tickets, like, you know, for shows. And I'm like, okay, yeah, this is Death and Creator. I saw that show in 1990. Oh, Creator, they're great. Nope. Yeah. I love Back creator. when you actually still got your little stub. Everything's now printed out or it's, you know, it's digital on your phone. Yeah. So I kept a lot of those. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah, I saw Cannibal Corpse this date at this place and, you know, all this. Jeff, Chloe's got the cannibal and the death metal. Rob's the jazz and funk and, you know, Jaco guy. The flamenco. Guitar. Exactly. So it's, it's, like, it's, a, it's a cool mix. Yeah. He's got the Motown, the funk. Yeah. The jazz, fusion. And and I'm like all metal. Let's get some <laughs> funk death metal combo going on here. <laughs> that would be cool. <laughs> Who controls the stereo when you're going down the road? Who controls what? Oh, the, Who controls the stereo in the car? Um, it's a it's a, like I think now we let the kids, but the kids have good musical taste. <laughs> so it's like you know Ty will uh will play his his songs and then uh, Dula. It's just it, you know, like you know, Lula put on the Beastie Boys uh, yesterday, and that's where we had this conversation with my uh, English learning uh, experience in the <laughs> in New York with my friend Rhonda. Um, but yeah, so so yeah, but but you know, the 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 Lula brought two CDs because we still have an old old car with CDs. And she brought the, it's my old CDs. She brought a death and then she brought like the Beastie Boys. So we had death on the way to where we were going. And then we had Beastie Boys on the way back. So Sounds like a good car ride. Yeah. I always felt weird because when, when they were babies, 
uh, I remember, you know, my sister, she had her son, like she has two kids too, but her son is two years old, older than Ty. So when I would ride in their car, when her son was a baby, it was all Elmo and stuff, you know. <laughs> And, Let's listen to the Barney song. Yeah, and and I was like, I just I don't think I can do that. And and and, and I felt bad. I'm like, maybe I'm messing up my kids because I'm listening to like Slayer and whatnot. Oh no, they have to grow up on that stuff. That's what my kids listen to as well. We get in the car, I say, Hey, this is metal. Enjoy. You're welcome. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> that's 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 all you know. As babies, this is cause cause of death from obituary. Like this, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, you know. That's awesome. And so, but but they they you know they end up pretty fine and they got good musical taste. And Lula started drumming and she's she's teaching herself to draw and like she's looking nice. at YouTube videos and she's like I can play this part now and this. So you no. got drums, two bass players, and you on vocals. You can just start the trujillos. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We were joking about it in the beginning of when everything was really on lockdown. I was like, mm-hmm. well, at least we can all start a band and be. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Rock your own concert in the house and let's start recording while we got five months of quarantine. Yeah. And Ty's a pretty good uh, guitar player, too. I mean, he, he's, he plays a lot of instruments, uh, but he's been like he's been jamming in a, in, with this other kid and he's the guitar player of this band. And it's like cool. more like a speed metal kind of thing. So, yeah. It's crazy because I, I'm pretty sure ties, I have a CD and I think the first song on that CD is called lockdown. And yeah. it's, it, it's amazing that I think the album, it came out in the beginning of the year and the fact that, you know, what 2020 became yeah. it's it's a little crazy. bit of irony behind that. Yeah, totally, totally. Yeah, he's like a fortune teller. He knows what's coming. <laughs> he gets it from me. I, I give him this. this Can see the powers. future. Yeah. <laughs> well, you've got oracle cards, don't you, Chloe? Yeah, I got two. Two. I have oracle cards and inspiration cards. These are two. It's the same thing. Like the the oracle cards are uh, the uh, imagery is paintings of mine, but um, but the inspiration cards it's twenty nine cards and. It just, it was like a, a, what I call a download. It's just like, I drew them in like two days. I had to finish them. I don't wow. know. It's just like, okay, just I came out of nowhere. This. came out of nowhere. I drew them and then I had them printed and I was like, these, these I have to, I don't know. I just had to, to do them. That's awesome. I think the last item when we're looking through your website is the sunglasses. And the coolest thing about the glasses is the box they come in. I, I want a pair just for the box. That box is very cool. Thank you. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's also, you know, sustainable, eco-friendly because it's made out of bamboo, but uh, it's really cool. I actually, uh, of course, I, I grab a couple of sunglasses for myself. So I have two boxes. So I use one for the sunglasses with a, a switch but I use uh, the other one for like carrying different things. Like it just, you know, it's, it's, it's cool. It's just cool. Like the design it. and your logo on it. It's something I could throw in my road case and use it for all sorts of things. Yeah. As we wrap this up, Chloe, if you could pick one favorite moment from your guys' lives in Metallica, what would it be? Uh, no pressure. <laughs> yeah, because one moment... I mean, one thing that was really, really special was Antarctica. 
to go there wow. because you know it's not a place that you would necessarily go on vacation <laughs> you know oh, right something. that's monumental staying in a explorer ship and there were like actually two french uh scientists that were there so it was cool for me to oh, see them and 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 learn about uh what they were studying uh but just that's like a one of a lifetime experience i feel like it's just and then even seeing the show there is was incredible because it everything was through headphones because right. you didn't want to disturb the peace of the environment the environment and the animals and all this so i kept taking my headphones off back on and i'm like this is surreal and uh you know it was i think it's hard to pick because there's been so many great moments but i absolutely I, this came to mind because it's just it's unique you know i don't i don't know when that can happen again you know it's just it's interesting you brought it up. We've had about 20 guests on now since we started this podcast for everyone to uh -huh. come on and tell their Metallica story and their kind of Metallica life history and favorite moments. Out of our 20 guests, Chloe, two of them were actually at the Antarctica show. Oh, really? One from Costa Rica and uh, one from Chile. And yeah. the same thing they shared. They said it's it's once in a lifetime. You'll never be back to that location again. And just the setting was just absolutely special. It's incredible. And the animals, I mean, I, I know... We were on this this ship with the explorers and, and just you know it's it was uh uh daylight all all like twenty four hours so you know you go to bed you don't really know what time it is and you feel like it's light all the time and you know at seven a.m. it's like breakfast is at seven a.m. breakfast you know <laughs> I was like okay you know and we're up and, let's and, do this <laughs> yeah. And then, and then, you know, they, they warn you when it's like the last call for breakfast. So then after that, you don't get anything of like, okay, let's hurry. Let's get our <laughs> breakfast. And, uh, and then we would go on Zodiacs and just explore. And we did a hike, um, with, uh, uh, uh James's family. It was, it was awesome. We like hiked up and it actually got warm weirdly, you know, during the hike, I mean, just, you know, in snow and ice, but sure. just the sun was hitting and it's just like, and then, uh, I remember the day we left, like we had like all these different kinds of penguin came, came on shore as if they were saying bye to us. It was just so weird. I have a video. Come right up to you. Yeah. Come right up to us. Neat. You know, these kind of penguins come. And it's like, oh, hi, and then they leave, and another set of penguin. Like, is like seeing it that close must have been so surreal. It's like I've seen this on planet Earth, but now it's literally right here in it's front of me. Crazy. One one time we were on Zodiacs, and uh, I think we were Lars and Jessica, and uh, um, and like six whales came, and I was just jumping. And, uh, you know, I'm like, I feel pretty safe because because I'm like, well, we're you know, there's like this scientist that knows his shit here that's driving the Zodiac. We hope he does. And, and, then, <laughs> and then I think Jessica went like, is this dangerous? Can you can can the whale just like hit us? And then we're right. and then we're in the frozen water that can freeze you to death like in two seconds. Sure. <laughs> and, and the guy and the guy admitted that, it you know, you can never know. So then I was like. Okay. <laughs> so they could actually come under the zodiac and flip. Yeah, them? yeah, Whoa. totally. But and they were really close. I mean, I have pictures because they were jumping nonstop, and you know, I'm like, I have my three pairs of gloves, and and I had like, I you know, I didn't bring my phone camera. I had like a proper. Now the sure. phone cameras are 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 good actually, but sure. back then I didn't have like the the latest phone with it. So I had a proper camera. 
was just like taking the gloves out, freezing the hand to be able to click and <laughs> try and get a quick and, picture. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and so I have some cool shots of like, you know, those whales. It's just like six of them together, like shoo, shoo. Right, and being like, that close to them as well. I mean, that's incredible. Yeah. Beautiful. What was the temperature, Chloe? Over there, I, I don't even remember. It was because I mean, I it was freezing, it was freezing, it was below. I mean, I'm in Celsius mode because you know, it's like so Fahrenheit would be 32, uh, which is zero degrees which Celsius. Zero, it yeah. was like below, below, like I think it was like minus 17 degrees Celsius or some, some, something crazy, like really nice cold. And chilly. Like, yeah, you, you, like you had to have like the mask and the. And you know, even the full the facial the, gear on and everything. Oh, crazy! Like that's what Jeff wears to shovel his driveway in January in Minnesota. <laughs> the Great White North, eh? <laughs> that is so cool. Out of the millions of miles you guys have traveled, and the millions of people Metallica's played for, it was a, a gig of twenty fans and a research dome. That's that's incredible. Because it's like so unique, you know. It's yeah. just, it's just kind of crazy. I mean, I loved the Paris gig because it's like it's all you know my friends and and uh it's home. not not just in the in the crowd yeah it's home and uh and uh all you know the roadies and all the, the production the promoter and, and the local people i I'm, i know and i've been friends for them for years so very cool um, yeah from going in shows like a maniac and and i did also some work as production assistant and all that for different bands uh when i was a student in paris so um but yeah, I, Antarctica was such a unique experience. And you're on the boat with the, like all the fans, you know, we're sharing. So, you know. They told us all those stories about you guys on the fifth deck and them on the fourth, but you run into each other on excursions and just yeah. kind of high in passing and everyone was respectful and just really laid back vacation. And there's also the bar on the ship where people would kind of. That's important. Yeah. I'm so glad that you picked that moment because like Shane said, since we had a couple fans or guests, sorry, that were on the show, um, talk about that. It kind of just ties it all together now. And it's, it's cool to hear it from a different perspective. Yeah, no, it's, it was such a great, I mean, it's just incredible. Absolutely. Chloe, thank you so much for your time. We've had a blast in these uh, 50 minutes together. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you. Give our best to Robert, and hopefully COVID's over soon, and we can see you out on the road and get yeah. back to some live music. I know. I hope so, too. I really hope so. Appreciate it, Chloe. Hope to see you soon, and uh, we can't say thank you enough. Take care. Thank you. Thank you again so much. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much. All right. Take care. Bye. There you have it, everyone. Mrs. Chloe Trujillo. Wow, Jeff, that was quite the conversation. Yes, it was. Who would have thought that she would have been into things like death metal? <laughs> I definitely did not know that. And a little brass monkey uh, Paul Revere jams. Heck yeah. Gotta love the Beastie Boys. Can't thank her enough for her time. When we hit her up for this, I said, ah, maybe 30, 35 minutes we'll talk to you. Here we are clocking in just under an hour. So cool of her. Yeah, I agree. And I also agree that uh, Dyer's Eve greeting cards, I mean, come on. Everyone knows that that's my favorite Kirk solo, so big thumbs up. Try to get her into the I Disappear Desert, and we heard about Dyer's Eve left from Messiah. And then she talked about that Kill em All cassette when she was younger, and uh, she said she was at a camp in upstate New York, so I just said, you know what? Hit the lights, four horse, you can destroy that. That should cover it for her. Yeah, that works. It was awesome. Thanks again, Chloe. Thanks for being the 2.ESG extra special guest. 
on Unpodcast for All, where you, the fan, drive the discussion and decide the topics. But when we have an extra special guest, it's a straight-up interview. It is a straight-up interview, but she did throw in a few of her own topics, and it was amazing. I absolutely loved it. So thank you again, Chloe. Wow, what an episode. What a week. We will see you back here next week. See you later, dude. See ya. Everything.